Welcome to Grant and Hope's podcast, where we explore themes around the prophetic and the supernatural. As staff at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, we desire to equip the saints for the work of ministry in the power of God. On a warm spring day in 1982, a prophetic man named Bob Jones walked into a church office and told a young pastor named Mike Bickle that thousands of young people would gather to Kansas City. Bob told him that there would be a pill soon created that causes abortions. He also said that homosexuality would come out of the closet on a national level, even parading in the streets. He said that there would be unplugged TV sets on wrists like smartwatches that would connect believers in China to the songbirds who would sing prophetic songs 24 hours a day in the spirit of the tabernacle of David. The songbirds is what Bob called the sinner worship leaders. This has all happened. And today we're talking about the prophetic history and prophetic promises for the church of Kansas City. You know, Bob prophesied many other things that have not yet happened. Bob prophesied that the Lord would release Power evangelism. We're talking about unusual Holy Spirit power through the preaching of the gospel. He said there be a le- or there would be a release of a great healing anointing where no disease known to man would stand before his people. There's a promise of a full manifestation of all the gifts of the Holy Spirit through the church in the city. And there would also be a great explosion of light and glory that would begin in the inner city of Kansas City. That there would be a global move of the spirit that would begin in Truman Sports Complex. That's where the Chiefs and the Royal Stadiums are. They're side by side. And that Kansas City will be a a world shipping center for grain, both in the natural and in the spiritual. And as we talk about this today, it's the Lord's heart for you to know and believe that you are included in this story. You know, you are all included in promises and times of refreshing of the Holy Spirit until Jesus comes back for the restoration of all things. You know, Mike Bickle here at IHOP, he said many times before, it was this story that I'm about to share is never meant to be some kind of us for and no more kind of attitude, but IHOP has been faithful stewards of these prophetic promises and this unique prophetic history But almost all of these promises are for the entire church of Kansas City and the Midwest region. You know, every region of the earth will have its own unique promises from the Lord. So in this message, I will just focus on the story of the church of Kansas City in the Midwest, the story of IHOP's prophetic history. It's interesting, over the last 35 plus years, the Lord has graciously given us here at IHOP about 25 powerful prophetic experiences that give insight into what will happen in the days ahead in Kansas City, in the United States of America, and other nations. These supernatural experiences were given to several prophetic people in the 1970s and 1980s. Uh, Some of the main uh, names that you'll hear that come up a lot uh, are Bob Jones and Paul Kane, John Paul Jackson, but there was several others as well. And these kind of uh, prophetic experiences, these supernatural experiences include times when various believers saw the Lord himself. They heard God's audible voice. They saw an angels or had prophetic dreams that were dramatically confirmed. And these prophetic experiences are referred to as IHOP Casey's prophetic history. That's what we're going to mention and talk about today. You know, it's important to note that scripture is our highest standard and guardian of truth. It's our primary light in a dark world. However, it's also 
noteworthy to say that the Lord sometimes gives us prophetic experiences to highlight aspects of our specific ministry assignment and to help strengthen us in our faith to believe for the release of, extra- of his extraordinary blessing. It's I, I like to point out it's contemporary prophets, these ones that we're going to talk about like Bob and Paul and just modern prophets, they do not add to biblical revelation, period. Their mission is to give emergency instructions and battles, so to speak. Their mission is to bring the contemporary emphasis of scriptures and promises. They make revelation come alive again, authenticating and making vivid in the 21st century the accounts of prophetic action in the scripture. So let's talk about the prayer movement. You know, this this story of how this, uh, the, the genesis of this story really uh, of our IHOP Casey family goes back to September of 1982. This is when God made it clear that he was going to change the understanding and expression of Christianity in all the earth in one generation. Now at this time in September of 82, Mike Bickle was in Cairo, Egypt. He was on a trip and the Lord spoke to him in an audible voice. Now this is crazy. Now Mike, what's interesting about this, uh, Mike had never experienced the audible voice of the Lord before this. And this time, this was unmistakable. Mike, at the time, he was in a hotel. He was praying for the poor of the earth on this like trip he was in in Egypt when all of a sudden there was a swirl. You know those moments. There was a swirl in the air. Mike could feel the wind of the Spirit enter the room. And the Lord said in an audible voice, I will give you the wealth of the nations if you will take care of the poor of the earth and the lord followed that statement with i am going to change the understanding and expression of christianity in the whole earth in one generation now just to expound on that a little bit by expression he really meant that it's the way you live your life together i'm going to make my house a house of prayer for all the nations like isaiah 56 7 the entire tribe will be reordered the expression of christianity will not be seen again how it was in the past by the word understanding he meant the way that the unbe- the, the way that unbelievers understand christianity they would never be the same right now you know a lot of the world views christianity as boring or irrelevant or non-threatening but back in the early church they trembled and the world will have a new perception of the real church this is what how the understanding is going to be changed So the Lord says, I'm going to change the understanding and expression of Christianity in in the whole earth in one generation. And Mike responded with a wholehearted, yes, I will take care of the poor. Then God said, you have only said yes, but you have not yet done it. Others have said yes too, but they did not do it. At this point, the fear of God came in the room and he thought about how easy it is to say yes, but how God holds us accountable for our actions. And God finished the encounter with this warning to Mike, guard your heart lest your brethren steal these things from your heart. Now that it's been over 30 years since this encounter, let's take a look at how God showed up in the lives of believers to transform the church into a house of prayer and a place of encounter with the living God. Let's go back to uh, what happened in the spring of 1983. Well, back in, just to go back just a little bit farther, a year before that, Back in June of 1982, a prophet by the name of Augustine was visiting the St. Louis area. Now, this is where Mike 
uh, started out pastoring. As he was driving by a church, he saw a banner in the spirit over the church that said, Gideon's Army in Training. And basically, Augustine gets a word from the Lord for the pastor of the church, and he asked the guy he was driving with, Hey, who's the pastor over there? I'd totally like to visit him. And God said, God showed him that he was going to ambush him and completely change his life. And it just happened, that pastor happened to be Mike Bickle. They made arrangements together with Mike and Augustine. And, and basically, Augustine gives him four things that the Lord was going to do with Mike and uh, what was going to happen. Number one, God was going to gather thousands and thousands of young people in Kansas City. Number two, there would be a full release of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the John 14, 12. Number three, it was a warning. Augustine warned Mike that there would be a false prophet in his midst from the very beginning. And number four, the warn there was a the word was persecution will be birthed against you. Do not address this, the Lord will take care of it. So as you know, in September of 82, Mike goes down to Cairo, Egypt. He's seeking the Lord. He has that experience that we just talked about. God reveals to Mike that this movement would start in Kansas City and that it would touch the entire earth. It would be built on four principles. Number one, you will build the work on intercession. That's day and night prayer and worship. It will be built on... It'll, Number two, it will be built upon holiness of heart. In other words, passion for Jesus. This is the first commandment and the bridal paradigm. Number three, offerings to the poor. There would be extravagant offerings to the poor of the earth, Isaiah 58. And number four, faith in the full operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the realm of the Holy Spirit operating in prophetic power. Many years later, this is in 99, when they came up with the name IHOP, which most people know as the International House of Prayer. But it, you need to know it also stands for these four core principles that the work is based upon. Intercession, holiness of heart, offerings to the poor, and the full operation of prophetic power. So let's just go back to the story. In November of 82, Mike goes to Kansas City, and they just start these nightly prayer meetings from 7 to 10 every night. Such a It was a, a unique time. God shows up from the very first night. They told them that they were a Gideon people. By December 5th, they would have their first public prayer meeting. So from the very beginning, it was always a prayer lab in the spirit. In January of 1983, a guy by the name of Bob Jones wants to meet with, meet with Mike Bickle. <laughs> and Mike was not exactly avoiding him, but he also wasn't making any extreme effort to get together with him. He wasn't very intentional to get together with Bob because of that previous warning from Augustine about there would be a false prophet. So he's like, ah, I don't really want to have anything to do with anyone that's, you know, mentioning that they're prophetic or a prophet or something. But finally, on March 7th, 1983, Bob and Mike meet. And this is where there's like a first sign mentioned. It was such a strange meeting in the spring of 83. And it was quite a warm and beautiful weather during that time but the the strange thing about bob jones is that he showed up wearing a winter coat and it was already basically like spring weather so he's mike's already kind of like okay this guy's kind of weird but bob told mike when he first met him that for eight years he's been having these visions right hundreds of them of meeting a young pastor who was 27 years old in the spring of 83 and that bob needed to help this pastor get started this is what god told bob <laughs> and Bob also said to Mike, on the first day of spring when the snow melts, they will sit around the table. The, 
the communion table and they will accept me with their own words. And Mike's first take on this whole thing is that it was very weird and very un- a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> right away, Mike knew that this must have been the false prophet that Augustine was talking about, right? <laughs> and Bob was trying to explain the prophetic to Mike and he asked Mike, how do you know if a prophetic word is true or not? And Mike was speechless. <laughs> Bob continued, there are some prophetic words that are so important to God that God himself verifies them with a sign or wonder. Most of these signs and wonders are out of man's control, such as the weather or something in the heavens. It's in Acts 2, 17-19 in action. So God will give a prophetic vision in verse 17 of Acts 2. But how you will know it's from God. How do you know it's from God? It could be man's imagination. So God backs it up with a sign or wonder in the heavens, like what it says in verse 19. Bob continued to tell Mike that, on August 7th, 1975, he died and was taken to heaven and that angels escorted him back and told him about the future move of God that was to happen in Kansas City. He told Mike that God was sending him there to help and as Mike was inexperienced in the things of the Spirit. He also told Mike of about 50 other visions the Lord had given him. This is all on the first day of him meeting him. He said that God was going to start a movement in Kansas City and all the Midwest that would turn into a worldwide movement of prophetic and intercession. God is going to fill stadiums with old and young people. This will affect the nation of Israel in a very direct and powerful, intentional way. God will set you up next to Harry S. Truman. Harry operated as an intercessor for the nation of Israel in the political realm in his day, and it touched God's heart, so he wants to honor Harry S. Truman. Bob was telling Mike all these things, all in the first meeting. It's like, wow, that's... Talk about overload, information overload. And Bob gives his phone number to Mike and says, please keep my number. You're going to need this. Now Mike was sure at this moment that Bob was the false prophet, right? So he, anyways, he takes the number and places it in his pocket and he said to himself, I'll probably never call that number. And Bob continued, God said that a 27-year-old man would come in here in the spring of 83. And so let me ask you, how old are you, 27? Mike answered, I am. God said that you'd be preaching on revival and intercession. So is that what you're preaching on? Mike said, yes, it is. Bob says, let me tell you a little bit of who you are. So he asked Mike, do you know who you are? Mike didn't even know how to answer Bob because it was just so strange, right? So Bob continued, well, number one, you're an intercessor. I think you know that. And Mike agreed. Did you know you're an evangelist? Mike said, well, I love evangelism, but I'm bad at it, so I don't do it very much. Bob says, you're an evangelist with prophetic anointing with signs and wonders. You'll be preaching in stadiums. There's a whole company of young people with a prophetic anointing with signs and wonders. Then he said, you're a youth pastor. You'll be one of the oldest men in the movement. And as Bob was heading towards the door, he turned around and said to Mike, oh, and one more thing. The Lord says that you like it one, two, three, four. So I'm going to tell you, tell it to you like that. I don't care for that, but I'm going to do that just for you. <laughs> Mike's very systematic. He likes, even on his uh, handouts that he's known for, he, it's always A, B, C, D, or one, two, three, four. It's very, just lays it out like that. So Bob tells Mike, he proceeded to tell him the same prophecy that Mike received from Augustine nine months earlier in June of 82. Number one, that God was going to gather 
thousands and thousands of young people in Kansas City. Number two, there would be a full release of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, John 14, 12. He gave, a, number three, a warning that there would be a false prophet that would be in your midst from the very beginning, but I'm here to help you. And number four, when this thing takes off, persecution will be birthed against you. So Bob said the four exact points that Augustine gave him uh, nine months earlier. So that's just crazy. Anyways, let's go on. Two weeks go by and Mike was having another meeting. A gentleman by the name of Art Katz heard about the nightly prayer meetings and decided to go check it out in Kansas City. He was at the meeting talking to Bob Jones in the back. Mike knew Art to be a respected, fiery man of God. And after the meeting, he stopped by to talk to Art Katz. Mike said, I see you were talking with Bob Jones. Art Katz said, I sure was. I had a dream from the Lord, and Bob not only told me what the dream meant, but he also told me the dream. It was stunning. Do you know him? Mike responded, well, I met him. Art said, take Bob very seriously. Mike was a little taken back as he respected Art and knew Art had better discernment than himself. So Art had a private plane, and he was going to fly out that night. So they talked a little bit more and parted for the evening, but... Before Art could fly out, a snowstorm had come and grounded them for the evening. Art ended up calling Mike Bickle up and asked if there was any chance that they could meet up with Bob Jones again. Mike remembered about the phone number that he had in his pocket, so he had that Bob giving him, so he he, he took that number out and basically called up Bob. Mike calls up Bob, and when Bob answered, he told Mike that he was waiting all day for him to call him. Like he knew, right? He was already seeing, that's pretty funny. But uh, he was a little surprised that Mike called because the burden was on Art. In any case, Bob said that he knew that he would be happy to get together and they went over to his, this house. Well, anyways, they meet. They end up meeting about 9 o'clock and they stayed until 4 in the morning. During that time, they all broke down in tears about four times as Bob was sharing secrets about them that no other man could have ever known. Art responded, you are a true prophet of God. So Bob turns to Mike and tells him about a covenant that he made with his father a few months before he died. His father knew he was passing away, but he never told the kids, and he asked Mike to make a covenant with Mike's God. So Mike made the promise with a certain sentence to take, to, uh, to take care of his brother. My brother isn't light. He's not heavy. He told this phrase of the Lord. And Mike never told anyone about this promise. Only God knew about it. Bob said that an angel visited him the night before and gave him that exact sentence and a promise that Mike made before God. Mike began to sob and weep and he responded, Bob, you really are a prophet of God. Bob then asked, why do you think we're all here? He looked out the window as the snow was melting and continued, it's the first of spring, it's March 21st. When the snow melts, we will sit around the communion table and they will accept me with their own words. Bob said, this was a sign. Now will you believe the vision I was telling you before? Mike said, do you think we can go over all that again? <laughs> now once again, they all broke down in tears. This prophetic sign that Bob had given Mike took place without any of them knowing or even thinking about it. It was nothing short of, of a miraculous orchestrating of events directed by God. No one could even plan a snowstorm. No one can plan that exact day. This event helped unite Mike and Bob together in ministry from the very beginning of the prayer movement. Remember, Bob was given the vision 
by the Lord eight years earlier as Bob saw a vision of a 27-year-old pastor coming to Kansas City in the spring of 83. So the Lord also gave Bob the vision of a worldwide movement of prayer and intercession, touching the entire earth, bringing in an end-time harvest and preparing the earth for the return of Jesus Christ. Now let's talk about another sign that happened when the angel Gabriel actually showed up. So flat, uh, just flash forward a little bit. It's April 13th, 1983. God speaks audibly to Mike Bickle in a prayer meeting. He calls him to 21 days of prayer and fasting based on Daniel 9 when the angel Gabriel showed up to Daniel. The Lord said that he would call 500 people to it. Mike also got the revelation of the last day's global outpouring of the Spirit and the second coming of Jesus during this time. God was preparing the earth for the last day's harvest and the movement they are starting would continue until Jesus returns. So Mike calls Bob Jones for advice and as he's looking for some kind of confirmation, you know, was God calling for 21 days of prayer and fasting? Was this the start of a move of God? Would this be the thing that brings in revival? So Bob, so uh, Mike calls up Bob and it was something like this. This isn't word for word, but here's an example of what it was like. Mike says, Bob, I just got a word from the Lord. It's a pretty big word, so I need some help. Bob says, that's okay. I've already heard it. <laughs> Mike said, uh, no, you don't understand. This is really big. And Bob said, I know. I've already heard it. Come on over. So anyways, Mike decides to bring two other people over with him so they can witness this event with Bob. On the way over to Bob's house, Mike tells him about the 21 days of prayer and fasting, the angel Gabriel and how he brought understanding of the end times and the outpouring of the Spirit, end times revival and the revelation of the second coming of Christ. So Mike tells his friends, just be like, alright, this is what I heard, like just so you know ahead of time. So when Mike arrived, he and Bob were discussing how this is going to work. So Bob says, if you tell me the story, you won't believe that I have the interpretation, so I guess I have to tell you the vision, then interpret it. Mike says, right. <laughs> Bob said, let them know that last night the angel Gabriel visited him in a night vision. Bob said, I saw with my eyes I had never seen anything so powerful in all my days. The angel Gabriel stared at me and said, give the young man Daniel chapter 9 and he will understand that I will gather 500 for this, Joel 2.15. As a sign, a comet will come across the heavens unknown by scientists. Nobody has seen it. This will verify your call to embrace the, the Daniel 9 call for 21 days of prayer and fasting. Basically, Bob told Mike everything Mike had just experienced in the encounter without any information from Mike. He also told him that you will need these signs as you will doubt your call to this many times. And Mike disagreed. How could I doubt this? First the snow comes, now, now the angel Gabriel shows up to call 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm in. And Bob said, the heart is a funny thing. You will doubt it again. Well, they set a date, May 7th, 1983. It would be a time of prayer and fasting for 21 days. It would be a Joel 2.15 solemn assembly. Well, May 7th arrives and Bob comes with the newspaper. A comet streaks across the sky unknown by scientists, quote. In fact, it was in the newspapers all over the world. Mike also pointed to an article called May's Surprise Comet by the Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics. Probably the most surprising aspect of this is that nobody saw it coming. Everyone was pumped. The comet really did show up just like what Bob said it would, like the angel Gabriel told him. 
the word from the angel Gabriel did happen. The vision is true. God really does want to set up a house of prayer. But Bob was really quick to warn Mike that he would become weary and doubt the word again. So 700 end up turning out for those meetings. They met for every day from May 7th to May 21st, 1983, from 6 a.m. to 12 midnight. Over the next 21 days, the Lord gives them a number of prophetic words for the prayer movement. The first word during that time was that God will establish 24-hour day and night prayer in the spirit of tabernacle of David. Psalm 27, 4, this one thing I've desired all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. Now this was the most important word we could receive as only a passion for Jesus could fuel, fuel the prayer movement. Although it's good to know the word and everyone should know it from cover to cover, God is not asking us to operate on blind faith of the written word alone. As we behold the beauty of the Lord, we will come into a place of encounter. God has millions and millions of different ways in which we can encounter him. From the wind of the Spirit to dreams at night to open visions and encounters with the Spirit of God within us, God will fuel this movement as we bypass the second heaven and go to the third heaven to spend time with Him. So about 10 days into the prayer meeting of this 21 days of prayer and fasting, Mike started having encounters with the Lord. Every time he thought of Psalm 27.4 and prayed it, he would get a rush of the Spirit of God flowing through his whole body. This had never happened to Mike before. So again, he, he said to behold the beauty of the Lord and that presence of the Holy Spirit will come over him again. He continued to do this all night and every time he said it, the Holy Spirit will come over his body again and again. The next day, Bob Jones told him that the Lord said yes to his prayer, which Mike replied, which prayer? And Bob said, the one you didn't pray on the microphone. Now Mike was like, which one was that? Bob said Psalm 27.4. Oh, that one. No one knew about that one. I had never prayed it out loud. God, or then Bob said, I know God met you and placed it upon you. Don't you understand? God is going to raise up an army of musicians and singers, and they were going to gaze on the beauty of God. In the middle of their praise, signs and wonders are going to break out, miracles like you can't even imagine. The Lord said, I will set my face on this house. So for 16 years, they even put up a 27 in the spirit of Tabernacle of David uh, banner on in their church. I actually uh, saw this. I have a picture of it too. Yeah, it's at the Metro Church uh, building. And people would go up and ask, what's all this about? And Mike really didn't have an answer. All he said is, you know, singers, musicians, 24 hours a day prayer. It's something the Lord is going to do. <laughs> So another, uh, another word that happened in this is that there's going to come a time when the move of God will grow from 500 to 5,000 overnight, and God will verify this through the Mississippi River. This is a word that Bob Jones received directly from an angel. The angel showed up, and Bob could see him with his own eyes. He said that this movement would grow from 500 to 5,000 overnight, and a great flood of the Spirit was going to come to Kansas City, and 5,000 will find new homes in Kansas City. Mississippi will be the sign of that. So when Bob gave the word to Mike, Mike asked him, What does the Mississippi have to do with it? Bob answered, I don't know. That's just what God told me to say. God said he's going to verify it through a flood. Now it's interesting that God confirmed this word with a sign in the natural. Five days pass by and the newspaper verifies the same exact prophecy. The newspaper said, Flood strikes Jacksonville, Mississippi. 5,000 put in new homes overnight. 
Just as the flood hit Mississippi, the flood of the Spirit is going to hit Kansas City and the movement will grow from 500 to 5,000 overnight. Now here's another word that was that took place in that time. The word is, No sickness nor disease known to man will stand before these Joel 2 people of prayer and fasting. I'm raising up a Gideon army. Miracles will break out in the prayer, prayer room and people attending will not have to lay hands on anyone or pray for them. God will heal them and deliver them and even in a moment. We're talking about that raw power of God. It will be the place of encounter. Another word from this time is, I'm building a prayer furnace in the Midwest to birth the spirit of revival. The Midwest will be a breadbasket of prophetic and intercession. It would start in Kansas City and there will be a 500 mile radius in the Midwest that will birth a revival. It will be a network of prayer rooms and Kansas City will partner with St. Louis. So why did God choose to start this movement in Kansas City next to Harry S. Truman's house? You ask why. Why was it Harry S. Truman? Well, was it not Harry S. Truman that cast the leading vote to establish Israel as a nation in 1948? And God doesn't, you got to remember, God doesn't forget about these kind of things. And he wanted to honor Harry by starting this movement next to his house. And that's actually where our Forerunner Church is currently located uh, on, the, on the corner of Grandview Road and Blue Ridge. So here's another word. The timing of this word would be sovereignly set up by the Lord and he will break in. So when everyone is counting Kansas City out, it will be an 11th hour victory. Everyone would be counting this move in Kansas City out. But in the final moments, God would break through and this prayer movement will succeed. And it will get the attention of the entire earth. To illustrate this, God sets up two signs. Number one, that God would bring attention to Kansas City through the baseball game. The World Series. And number two, God would sovereignly break in on a drought in Kansas City area on a very specific day told to him ahead of time. Well, that year, Kansas City did go to the World Series and they fell down three games to one. But God said that when you count them out, that he would show up and bring the victory. Kansas City ended up coming back and won the World Series that year four games to three. Before the last game, God gave Bob the number 11, so Bob says it will be an 11th hour victory. Kansas City will win the World Series. And they ended up winning the last game 11-0. to Now, near the end of the 21-day fast, it was what May 21st, or sorry, May 27th, 1983, just before the end of the fast, Bob Jones had the Lord visit him in a dream, and he said, I have good news and I have bad news. The bad news is we're not going to see anything happen for quite a while. The Lord said that there's been a spiritual drought in the land and there will also be a, a natural drought in the land. The good news is that there's a appointed day when God will break in. He's going to show you that there is never he is never a day late and that he can break in at any appointed time. Revival is never a day late. We think they are, but they're not. The Lord is going to prove it to you by giving you another sign. There will be a three-month drought in the land but on august 23rd god will break in on the drought and bring rain the lord is going to prove to you that he has the exact day to break in he will not be a day late god is never late as we understand it he can break in at any time so mike was thinking that revival would break out at any moment at any moment but bob said you really don't know what's going on here do you mike said hey i'm in this for revival and bob said 
Do you think that God will send the angel Gabriel here to earth to announce a small revival? No, God is doing a major shift here. This move will impact Kansas City in a 500 mile radius and then it will go out and affect the whole earth. Bob received all this information directly from an angel on August 8, 1975 when Bob had a death experience. Now he had a hemorrhage and he died at that time. And he was taken up to heaven and seized Jesus. And Jesus told him that he died prematurely and that he, that he wanted to send Bob back to prepare some leaders in the next move of God. So two angels escorted Bob back to earth and he sees it was like a bomb, like a nuclear explosion over the city of Kansas City. But this bomb was not a destructive bomb. It was a bomb of God's glory and light that would, a brilliant light that would start in Kansas City and travel over, travel over the whole earth. And at this time, and Mike developed a tumor. In June of 83, Mike developed a tumor in his throat and his vocal cords. He could not, he could barely speak and had it immediately checked out by a doctor. And the doctor said, if you don't get it removed within a week, you will lose your voice and eventually die. So Mike decided to have another doctor look at it to get a second opinion. And the second doctor told him the same things. As Mike prayed about it, he felt that the Lord specifically said, do not remove the tumor. This is your Isaac. In other words, trust God through this situation, but if you lose your voice, this whole movement will die. But if the Lord is behind it, he will deliver you. Mike trusted God through the situation and it only took three years before his voice was back to normal. Bob Jones said that this movement is like the birthing of a worldwide prayer movement and it will be tested by both God and the devil to the uttermost. So after the 21-day fast, this is incredible, a natural drought did hit the land in the summer of 1983 and there was a three-month drought from July 1st to October 11th. It was the worst drought in recorded history for Kansas City at that time and everyone participating in the meeting knew that God said that he would break in on August 23rd and bring rain to the drought. So a lot of people actually showed up for that normal 7 p.m. prayer meeting that day. It's interesting day as it started like any other day of that summer bright with the sun shining not even a hint of rain and there was no rain in the forecast not even a cloud in the sky but right at 7 p.m as the people were coming to the prayer meeting at the church they end up getting stuck in their cars because there was a downpour right at 7 p.m that night god is never a day late and can break in at any point in time after the rain the attendance picked up quite a bit and there was 10 15 or 20 people a night as the days went by, the crowds grew thinner and thinner. By June, July, and August, the crowds were gone. We're talking about 5 to 10 people, perhaps. Maybe 20 would be have been a great day, but they kept going in these prayer meetings. In these days, there was no music. It was just prayer. It wasn't pretty, but they made it. <laughs> and during this time, you know, Mike was getting a little bit discouraged. He could barely talk, and the crowd was gone, and there was only about a handful of faithful people still praying. But on November 7th, 83, Bob Jones calls up Mike and says, God is going to visit you on November 15th. God said that you will get a revelation directly from the throne of God. And it will be about the movement in Kansas City and how it will affect the whole earth. And Mike asked him, you said directly from the throne. Does that mean that either I'm going up or somebody's coming down? And Bob said, yep. Mike said, hey, don't kid me, man. I'm, I'm really discouraged right now. And Bob said, I can promise you this. This is from God. You're either going up or someone is coming down. I heard this directly from the Lord. So Mike is pumped again and he's like, I'm all in. I can't wait for November 15th. Well, November 15th arrived and they shatter the 20 mark. Our meeting was from 7 to 10 p.m. And God, if God doesn't show up, 
It's 11 p.m. and no God. What happened? <laughs> well, Bob has never been wrong before, so Mike decides to hang around the office and starts browsing through his mail. So Mike go, went to the prayer meeting. Uh, nothing's really happened yet, so he goes to his office and he, he decides to just check out his mail. And he notices a little booklet that someone mailed him called Placebo by Howard Pittman. Now back in August of 79, Howard Pittman died and an angel took him to heaven. And Howard went before the throne of God and asked for another chance to extend his life. And a number, basically, you know, God gives him a number of events, uh, to number of key things to share with the people back in the earth. He said that the God told Howard Pittman that this is the Laodicean hour and my son is returning within one generation. He also said the devil is real. He's not just an evil influence. The Lord told him that I'm raising up a church across the earth that will do signs and wonders that will surpass my servant Elijah. It will be greater works than these. And God also sent Howard back to encourage a little band of Gideons. Quote, Tell them that their significant date is May 7th, 1983. Tell them that I will send a sign in the heavens on that day. And tell them that although there will be a delay, I will surely keep every promise. Mike was completely awestruck May 7th, the day that he called the 21-day fast, started this whole thing. The comet that showed up on the first day and the delay. This booklet was written in 1979. This was three years before this whole thing even started, but it, was perci it precisely described exactly what they just lived through. Mike looked at the last sentence, I will surely keep every promise. It brought tears to his eyes and hope to his heart. And Bob told Mike, you have heard it from the throne. The Lord said that after November 15th, you would never doubt this move of God again. So this is the early history of some significant events concerning Mike and Bob Jones and early IHOP prophetic history. And there's many promises mentioned here. So where is this whole thing going? Here's a couple of points. Number one, God will establish 24-7 day and night prayer in the spirit of the tabernacle of David. Number two, this prayer will continue until the Lord returns. Number three, miracles will break out in the prayer rooms. Number four, God will open the heavens over the prayer rooms. Number five, God or people will instantly be healed and delivered. The power of God will be unleashed with a great healing anointing unlike no one's ever seen before. And number six, prayer rooms will be birthed all over the earth and usher in a last day's harvest. So I hope that you found some of these stories encouraging and uh, just informative. You know, you can check out mikebickle.org and type in Encounter in Jesus and I Hop Casey's Prophetic History for more of these stories right from Mike himself. I want to encourage you to check those out. There's also a book called Some Heard It Thundered. You can get it used off Amazon. But uh, dig deeper into these prophetic histories. Remember that there's many promises still not released yet. They haven't happened yet, including the power evangelism, unusual Holy Spirit power through the preaching of the gospel of no disease known to man that will stand before this people, of all manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, a great explosion of light that would begin in the inner city and stadiums being filled like the, the Truman Sports Complex. And there's many promises and I want to encourage you to look into these promises and look into the promises that God, He has unique promises for wherever, whatever city and region that you're in. So 
take time to pray about these things and look them up yourself. So I want to bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please give us a rating on iTunes and feel free to share with a friend. Our ministry is made possible through our financial partner team. If you feel stirred to give, you can do so by using the link in our bio.